Welcome to the Bogey Row Banter. <laughs> I, anyways, I'm wondering how much could I, if I went, if I took the whole year, start a sentence with anyways. If I took well. the entire year and I just was like, I'm writing off my internet bill because I have to use that for work sometimes, my gas, like everything I possibly could even think of to write off, could I make it worth my while? I don't. Well, think let me I look could. at standardized deduction. I don't think I could just because like when we, the only way it would make if it worth it. If you're just not tuning in, which you are, this is the beginning. Um, they're talking about the taxes. It, the only way you could make it worth it is if you were doing a ton of business travel and you're yeah, having to pay Yeah, $25,000 for a married couple. Gosh, man. That standardized uh-huh. deductions baller. 25900 <laughs> So you have to have more than that to make it worth itemizing. Yeah, I ain't happening. If I understand that correctly. I ain't happening. Yeah. Is that just the way the government's trapping us? They just don't want us to itemize it? Well, no, it's just like, it's kind of nice because like if, you, if you're looking at it, you're like, yeah, there's no shot. I have more than 25900 to write off. Then you just write off 25900 I am definitely I don't understand if I'm, what I'm saying is correct. I just think that I think it's right. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to find one of those choose your path games. Choose what? your own, choose your story. But that doesn't exactly make sense because like if you make that much money, Combined, like let's say that mm-hmm. you're married and you make twenty five thousand combined, you just have zero income. If you make that exact amount, you're saying. Well, like let's say I make twenty four thousand. Yeah. Do I am I operating at a loss because of standardized deduction? That can't be right. There's something I don't understand about it. Something he doesn't understand about it. Like what I'm saying makes sense, right? Like let's say that you and your wife are married and combined you make twenty four thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Surely the government's not going to let you just write off $25,900 and make your income negative $1,900. Maybe at that point they just don't care. The government always cares. Do you guys hear, Uh, do you guys hear about the, like the CEO of Nissan? What about him? You guys heard any of the, dude, it is crazy. It's like a movie going on. Um, Well, it's not going, like it's still going on technically. Basically, I'm going to absolutely butcher this. So yes. if you're ready to hear like just like a butchered summary of what's going on, I can give you the like I can give you partially what's happening. So basically, a while ago, early 2000s, I think, um Nissan was like in big trouble because they were like 8 billion dollars in debt. Um Dang, man, too many because, Altima's not because enough sales. What, because what happened actually is in the late 90s-ish, early 2000s, they were pumping out sports cars. Like, Nissan was making a ton of sports cars. It was crazy. Like, the car community was nuts. All those cars are still really popular today, but just that's whenever the first GTR was made and all these different... Like, they were pumping out sports cars. The problem was is that the reason why they were doing so much better than a lot of other car companies at the time is because they were using ridiculously high quality metals and ridiculously high quality parts for all their vehicles parts that they actually couldn't really afford and they were selling the cars at a extreme margin less than other car companies yeah so they were using higher quality parts and undercutting so you're other telling car me companies. you're basically telling me i need to go out and find a 2000 like Nissan car like apparently is there a golden era of cars right there well I know the late I know the late 90s that's again that's whenever they came with, out with the GTR they came out with the um, what else did they come out with at the time there's like there's like four or five like major sports cars that they came out with that are huge in the car community and um and yeah it was basically because they were using really high quality I get parts my hand on those and precious undercutting metals. and undercutting other companies 
Really cool, really great, awesome for cars. Problem for Nissan because they literally they didn't turn they didn't turn a profit from like the start of their creation to like that point. They didn't turn a profit, and so thankfully it's a huge company so they could handle it. But still, uh, so they were in like eight point three billion dollars in debt somewhere around there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a good bit. Yeah, uh, but I know I know it was around that, that number. <laughs> so then. There's this guy, Carlos Gosn, G it's spelled G H O N G H O S N. I don't know how you pronounce that. Carlos Gone. That's it. It's Carlos Gone. And um this guy's a freaking baller. He is the CEO for Michelin Tires. Mm. The um Michelin America that oh, is. I've got a story about and Michelin. Continue. He already he had already basically taken Michelin and made it a huge powerhouse company company and worked his way up in the ranks in like a year. I think he got hired on a Michelin and after like the first couple year or couple years, he was the CEO. He basically did the same thing. Got Michelin got uh either he uh, I think it's more funny that I don't know what I'm talking about. He got high oh, he got hired he started working for Renault and uh became the CEO of Renault after a very short time. Then Renault got bought by Nissan or the other way around. Either way, somehow Renault became part of Nissan, so he's working with Nissan now, and then within like a year of that became the CEO of Nissan. And this guy's he, good. Yeah, he's incredible. So he puts in this really intense plan that is like everyone hates him because he's like just a jerk, but he's just like we are we are absolutely chasing after this debt and we are going to like fix Nissan's problem because Nissan was like way under at this point. This is probably around like this is this is early 2000. So I would say like between 2000 and 2005 this is happening. And this guy like he does a ton of budget cuts. Let's a ton of people go. Like is it's crazy. Like people are guts them. Literally gutting everything. Like every like the employees are hating it. But what he does completely works because in two years they go from being 8.3 or so billion dollars in debt to turning a prop profit of 2.6 billion dollars mm. so this guy what like the heck yeah so this guy Do you knew know he's doing you know your company is working in a crazy amount of volume when you can make cuts and turn around billions <laughs> yeah so this guy <laughs> like i swear this businessman if we make some cuts we might save a few hundred bucks here or there <laughs> but uh, they're just yeah. taking billions not to mention at this time he's like running like two other companies See, as this well. guy's like, a this, legend this guy man. is insane uh he didn't he didn't like yeah it's crazy so he's obviously a baller he's awesome um but then he gets. He'll a, go to jail in like three years for something crazy. He's in jail. Uh, well, no, he was in jail. <laughs> oh, this, that's the, this story. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The, the crazy part of the story hasn't happened. Yet. Oh, okay. So he eventually. They do. Yeah. He's like coming back on his private jet from somewhere, um, and gets back. Whenever he's back, he's met with the. I think it's in Japan. He's met with the Japanese authorities that arrest him, and it's because under um, like further investigation, one of the like higher ups at Nissan basically had him investigated and discovered that he was using company money for a ton of personal stuff. Oh, so he didn't and even, so, he wasn't even, he still got the company out of debt and just happened to be embezzling at the yeah, same that's, time. I'm, that's what I'm even thinking. Even better. I'm like, he's still doing a lot of great dude, stuff you know the company. You know dude. you're salty if you're working at Nissan and you're high up and you're still trying to take down the guy that just like flipped your company around. <laughs> so he, so he, um, like I'd be like, enjoy it the was money. like, 
He was spending money. He, like it, it turns out, it ended up being like tens of millions of dollars that he stole from the company. They always get caught in bed. Um, like, and so do? and so, yeah, he got put in jail. He claims then that uh, he was set up. He was framed. Yeah. That he was framed. Yeah. But the really interesting thing. Okay, so well, first of all, he escaped from prison. Mm. What? This yeah. Guy. So he, <laughs> he, got, he broke out of jail. He goes. So he goes to jail every time he posts like, bail. This guy is him. They, they, the, so the guys doing the investigation perfectly time everything because they have a ton of stuff on him. <laughs> and so every time he posts bail, and it was like just like a little bit before they his throw him bail in for day, another thing. They, they would put him in for another thing. So so he just can't get out. They knew he was getting out. Prison so he breaks, breaks out of prison, and the way that he breaks out is I don't. So uh, he ended up being able to get off for a little bit where he was under like extreme surveillance, could not Man, go anywhere well, hear about without like couldn't go to the bathroom, couldn't go anywhere without being under surveillance. But for some reason, the only place they wouldn't surveil him for like like pay attention to him was whenever he went into a hotel. I don't know why. What? That's just that is just why. Uh, I, I don't know why. But so he goes in this hotel is met in there by two green berets that he hires. Mm. Oh, my gosh. They throw him in a in like a speaker box, like a box for like audio equipment, like a huge, one of those big rolling boxes on casters. And he's like underneath speakers and they take him to a air, like to a plant airport. And the box is too big for them to put through the metal detector or too big to send through whatever. So they just kind of open it, see that it's speakers and it's audio equipment and close it back and throw him in the plane. He escapes in a box and goes to, I don't remember what country, but like the country he was born in where they don't have any kind of like laws with Japan where they have to turn him over basically. And so it's just there now, like just with, and so he's so like, he's out, he's good. He's out. Yeah. So he's and like, you know, he's got money and, he, and, and he's doing accounts. a ton of interviews. He's doing a ton of interviews right now too. Like, oh, that is awesome when you're able to like somehow seek asylum in countries to where like you are, it's like, it's like the whole, um, what's the guy who got, who got in trouble for leaking all the TSA stuff? Uh, Snow, Snowden. Snowden it's Snowden. like the Snowden situation where like the dude is just seeking asylum in Russia and has been. But like yeah. if he showed up in American soil, he's getting arrested. Yeah. So, but like he can be doing interviews, whatever he wants, but he's wanted by the police. Like that fascinates me. It's wild. <laughs> like, so like but the crazy thing is that awesome. more and more and more stuff comes out that would make you believe that he's being framed. Because oh, they, they found me. a lot of evidence on it, and also he got <laughs> like he got arrested box. two days before he said that he like he had announced that he was going to instate uh, like his um, vice president or whatever as the new CEO, and this guy was like his assistant the whole time he was like slashing everything, and so like they basically think that they didn't want that guy to be the CEO, so they. Yeah, Dude, that yeah. is it's, it's so crazy. That's a wild story. crazy. I, it's bizarre. Whenever I hear about, and obviously, it's, so this situation it sounds like he was, what he was in between, um, he was in between prison stints, like he was out on yeah. bail. Yeah, yeah. When he escaped, but anytime I hear about people escaping from prison in like in these days when this, everything is so sophisticated and like beating airport security, it fascinates me because. Like you see it on TV, like if you've ever watched like the show Prison Break and a show like Prison Break where there is so many like this is even this show is, you know, took place, I would say probably 15 years ago. 
So things have even advanced since then. But like the amount of like ridiculous things that have to happen and how unfeasible they are just for them to get out of this prison and and it like for something to actually for that to actually be able to happen today. And sometimes you see clips of people like escaping from prison, but it's like a total fluke. Like like there was just like somebody dropped their guard and they kind of just run out. But when somebody orchestrates a prison escape, yeah, that crazy. blows my mind. I'm that like, is crazy. You gotta have so much guts to even pull that off. And you gotta have the connections. Like, oh my gosh. Crazy. How uh how long would you have to be like sentenced to think about escaping for you to think about escaping? Oh well, I don't know. Like at answer. what point? At what point is there basically no difference I don't, between that and life? Yeah, is what you're asking. I, I guess if you try to escape, you're probably just going to prison for life. Oh, I just got really sad thinking about being in jail for a long time. Um, <laughs> I I think that for me, it wouldn't really the sentence wouldn't matter as much as the some the thing that would have to happen first is I'd have to get to jail and realize one of two things: a, I'm gonna die here, or b. I think there actually might be a way to get out of here. And if I realize one of those two things and my sentence is longer than 15 years, probably I'm going to start thinking about it. I, I maybe 20 years because I like watching. It's the, tough when we're this young. Though, I was watching. Like, you can have a lot of life once you get out. And at 20 even. years, you're 45 when you get out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still a lot true. of life though. Like it's a lot of, that's a lot of life to like Luca spend, be, spend with your kids though. Luke would be like a sophomore in college. Yeah. Like but I mean, the thing is not going to be good, but if like you successfully escape. Have you seen that kid? I'm too He's dumb. Not going to college. I'm too dumb to know. Like <laughs> I successfully nothing? escape. <laughs> I'm too dumb to like, you successfully escaped, then what? Like now you're on the run. You got yeah. like, well, to like, what, what quality of life do you have? Then you flee the country and go to somewhere like Hawaii. If you get to it, if you get to another country, <laughs> in theory, if you get to another country and are able to like get out of the the heat, but now you're in a different country. Well, you could live a, a pretty fulfill a more fulfilling life than you in jail. Sure. So like, at least in jail, you're guaranteed food. Imagine if there was a rule to where like maybe getting shipped. Let's say you're sentenced to 30 years, but you escape and go to another country, and then like, what if the rule was if your sentence expires and you come back, like you're good, your sentence is expired. <laughs> I don't think it's statute it of limitations. <laughs> what <laughs> the sentence, the original sentence you were in there for, but not the escaping jail sentence. Yeah, yeah. it's a whole different name. If you escape, if you're good enough to escape, man. There should be a prison out there that like, if you're good enough to escape it. <laughs> You just you deserve you to be get, out. You get it. You deserve to be out. I if feel you're like a smart murderer, then it's fine. Well, it's morally it, okay. It also <laughs> depends. Like, like so I think like max. If you're in like max security, I think they shoot. They'll shoot you. Did you see? Um, if you try to get speaking out. Speaking of murder, did like you it, see? I saw this on TikTok. Apparently, OJ Simpson, uh, like he obviously he got acquitted of the murders mm-hmm. back in the day, but then there was like a different trial that he has to pay something to the family of the people yeah. that he. Uh-huh. allegedly murdered that yeah. he was acquitted of didn't murder um he has to pay them and like his plan to pay them was he wrote a book called if i did it and basically oh the whole God. point of the book explained if like, he didn't do it but if he did it like he wrote this book if he did it how he would have done it why he would have done it like how he would have you want to talk about flaunting yourself in the face essentially of the law. essentially like he the the from what I, I didn't read the book, obviously, that. but the beginning of the, like for what the guy said on TikTok, the beginning of the book is essentially just like, I didn't do it, but if I would have, these are all the details of how it would have went down. And then he just explains basically everything that happened and how exactly it happened. Talk about staying. So basically it was like his confession, but it's all because like he started paying with the family so, with the, the book. And so that's what he was going to use to pay the money. family. Well, 400,000 copies of this were printed and oh, no. the public outraged because like, 
he was basically writing his confession. I still can't and like, believe it didn't sell. So they destroyed all the copies. Oh, they got rid of it all. Man. But somewhere in there, he still never paid the family. And so the family got right to this book, the If I Did It book. And so they are now publishing the book. Heck oh, yeah. They got to be selling and crazy copies. They're, uh, the graphic art, like the graphic on the front is just bold letters, I did it. And there's a oh, tiny, man. tiny little if in the eye. Like a tiny That's if. savage. And then on the side, it's in bold letters, I did it. And it's like a white book. And in like super light gray, there's a little if. So like it Dang. still is called If I Did he, It. He definitely did it. But like all over the book, it just says I did it. OJ definitely did it. And so they, they, then they're publishing this book. But like now that it's the family publishing it, everyone's cool with it, obviously. Versus like OJ Simpson's yeah. going to publish it and pay the family and just be like, like I didn't do it. But if I did, this is exactly why I did it, how I would have done it. Like it, it I don't, sounds I, like I essentially don't know what happened with OJ. What ended up happening? The gloves didn't fit. Gloves he got it. He got acquitted, and I mean the famous, the famous part of the trial is when the gloves at the scene. He basically puts on this like theatrical show of him trying to fit them on his hands. I have not. I have not watched like the People versus OJ or any of the documentaries. I don't know all the details of the case, but from what I've heard. He should have been put away. Yeah, okay. From what I from what I understand of it, I also haven't like it was basically it happened well before. It was basically an incredible lawyer performance. That I would say what from what I understand is it was a botched. The prosecution blew it. Yeah, the process like they didn't have enough evidence that Mm -hmm. he was able to provide reasonable doubt to where the jury couldn't like convict the man of murder. Mm -hmm. Like he like the they basically were just like. From what I understand, like everyone knew he did it, but they couldn't prove it. You couldn't prove, yeah, yeah. They, so it was, the court, it was basically, yeah, it was if a it court happened, case. If that, it happened in today's day and age, with like, like the recent, why do you still have to pay the families if the, it, I, the court I think ruled, it got retried? Su- so you can't be retried for the same crime. They probably sued for like a unless, there's, but I'm, but I'm assuming that like somehow there he went back to court. I think he actually ended he up serving time. I believe okay. OJ actually ended up. As in later in life has served time for other crimes, um, but like in modern day, like the recent murders out at that um, college, Iowa was it Iowa um, or Indiana? It was Iowa, I believe. The yeah. four students that got murdered. Did they ended yeah, up, yeah, did yeah. up convicting that guy, or is that gone to trial yet? The I don't know if it's gone to trial had. yet. But do you hear how they got all the info on him? Yeah, dude. So they got Crazy his DNA. Case. Well, first off, they used like cell phone tracking and all this stuff. Um, and they figured out, they used like all the cameras around to find a car that had been frequenting that area. Mm -hmm. Then like, uh, they were able to backtrack that car to the university and like cross-reference the registered cars. And it was one of the cars that matches registered to him. So point one of connecting it point two, they looked, they were pulling his cell phone records and the night of the murders, it like his cell phone gets turned off when he's leaving the university going towards that house, it gets turned off and then gets turned back on around the same point coming back to the university. What an idiot. And like in the time window that everyone was killed. And then there is um, something else. Oh, he also had visited that house several times. So uh, like driving by and stuff. So they're assuming yeah. he was stalking one of them. The- but then the biggest thing was they found DNA. I forget in what form the DNA was, but he didn't have a criminal record or any DNA in the system. So they apparently, from what I saw on TikTok, I get all this from TikTok, so take it with a grain of salt. But apparently they had all this other stuff that was like pretty condemning on him, but none of it was like the piece of evidence to lock Mm -hmm. him away. The DNA would be. They were able to go to his parents' house and go through their trash 
on the road because like if the trash is on the road it's now like the police can legally search without a <laughs> wow. warrant go wow. through there find his dad's dna on a piece of trash no and then way. use dna to prove that this <laughs> dna from the crime scene was a direct relative That's of wild. the dad Damn. Well, and then that in com- combination with all of everything else proves it was the interesting guy. thing they about just get straight up dna from him the interesting thing well no, you'd have to have a reason, have reason for a warrant reason. yeah the interesting thing about this is the guy who is this is the suspect is a criminology student like I think he's in even in the masters. He's even in the masters program. Yeah, and he is from a completely different state. So like everything points to this guy, and like the way that, that he was described by like peers, it all points to like this guy was really into criminology and basically wanted to see if he could get away with murder. And he there was might, a psychopath the, and probably got into criminology because yeah, because it, it's like super random. Like they haven't really found a lot of personal links or anything. Like it's very, it seems very random. And then like when I looked at all the details, I was like. This looks like a guy who was in criminology and just got a little too far into it and was like, I want to see if I can get away with it. And I also heard that, and this might have changed, but I heard that a while ago, they had brought him into custody, but the police wasn't releasing um, certain details about what evidence they had against him because they didn't want it to get out to the public. Yeah. So I thought that was very They've released now some of that stuff, which is, I think, what I went over. Yeah. But the, because uh, like what's always fascinating to me is I'll listen to these like crime podcasts and stuff and you listen to like some of the cold case ones and a lot of the cold case ones is just a sloppy crime like so much evidence mm-hmm. left behind but the technology back then they just sucked they just mm-hmm. couldn't prove i'm telling it. you dude yeah when you when you see crimes that happened back then it's like it must have been so easy like with the with the lack just think about if you get past the point of DNA, it gets so much easier. Well, but then think about when you get past security cameras. Yeah, like, well, that's like the, yeah, <laughs> right now the heck? Camera and cell phone records. Yeah, they have yeah, track. yeah. But um, that's what some of the cold cases. What's cool is like, for some reason, the detectives had the forethought to save the DNA in case it could be tested in the future, and so they freeze it. And that's then crazy. now it can be tested. And so there's been like several, I don't know how many cold cases that have been mm. cracked like 30 years that's later cool. because they test the DNA and can now prove. It belongs to whoever, <laughs> and like they can imagine solve. Imagine being that criminal, and you're like 80 years old, and yeah. it was like 50 years ago. And you get a call. Part of me Dang feels it. like that would be relieving, because like you're living, you live 50 years. You might, you might feel that, that way. on your conscience. You might feel that way. Well, it depends on the type of person you are, but I was yeah. like, you might feel the heat for like a certain amount of years. But if it's like 50 years, I think at that point you're like, that's yeah. never happening. Yeah, and we also have to remember this is a criminal. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they might they may have changed a lot in fifty years though. You never know. Yeah, but they, if they um, changed a lot in fifty years, if they changed enough, then they would have faced the the well. Some of them for their crimes and and come out about yeah. It. They um because we'll like some of them though. We'll see, man. So if they're not, if I would say they're not actually a changed person if they still haven't admitted to it. Yeah, the uh because like there is a few of the cold cases that like they had without a shadow of a doubt proof that it was this person, but they didn't have enough legal evidence. Mm-hmm. Like you listen to the entire case and it's all circumstantial evidence. Yeah. But like the police have such a strong circumstantial case, but they like couldn't, they didn't have the like one piece of like, this is how we can prove it without a shadow yeah, of a doubt, which like, it's a good thing about the judicial system that like, yeah, you have to have like without shadow of a doubt. So, right. Cause like yeah. circumstantial evidence is damning as it may be is still circumstantial right you gotta be beyond reasonable everyone doubt. deserves but, to have a chance and that is also the person that's supposedly the yeah criminal. but the flip side of that is there's sometimes where it's like okay when you have that yeah. much circumstantial the evidence crazy, can we just call it the crazy thing is when you have so much evidence in like a, a murder 
trial, but there's no body. Yeah. And then if they don't have a body, they got nothing. That was one of them. Uh, dude had like an incinerator. And yeah, like they dude. just couldn't prove. Like they had everything tying him to all of it, but they couldn't prove that the person was dead. Mm. That's because the, there was that's no body. Yeah, that's the toughest. So the person was just missing. And they thing. couldn't, like, if the person was found dead, then all this evidence worked. Yeah. But if they never found the person dead, couldn't work. Those crime documentaries are like, podcasts are crazy. They that's are bizarre. crazy. That's like what Liz and I listen to when we're like traveling. That's just what gets us through. It's gets a good time. time. It's a good time. Yeah. Some of them are like very spooky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's certain you have the the one we like is um crime junkies, because the chick who does it like her voice doesn't scare you. Oh yeah, like, it just sounds like like a fun she's like, like she's just reading a, a read aloud. Yeah, but like there's one I found on um Spotify and like it went viral on TikTok an audio from it. Like I don't know if you remember the TikTok sound. Her was head like, was chopped off. Yeah, her legs was chopped off. That's a podcast on Spotify and the dude is just monotoned and just like and it it it'll like be a little bone chilling at times. Yeah. See, that's what I want. There's like no emotion Gabby and to I it. have like on long trips tried to find like true crime podcasts and none of them just like all of them. I, they don't get me. Like I just don't, I'm not interested in them. Like I'm, I am interested in the actual information, but like I get either really annoyed by the person's voice or I don't feel like they do a good job putting the stuff together. So like I have a hard time finding a good one. But crime junkies. Some of them do really suck. Massive. There are okay. some that are really massive because they, um, they'll, like there'll be some like cold cases and the victim's family will have like a fund or mm-hmm. something and, or like a petition and they'll just in an episode, I think it was a petition on one of them. And in an episode they said like, you know, the petition's now live. You know, if you, you just listen to all the evidence, if you think that they should retry, blah, 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 whatever the petition was for, mm-hmm. sign <laughs> it. The next episode we listened That's to, huge. which was like two weeks after they were like, thank you all so much for that. Like, or maybe it was like a follow-up episode. It had it, been like between two weeks and a month. Mm-hmm. So like enough time that the ev- episode had circulated, but it wasn't like it had been out there for years and like yeah. went viral. It was just like their regular listeners had like four or 500,000 people had signed this petition. Oh my God. Which means like, it might even been more than that, but it was, I remember listening to it and then I like paused it. I was like, Liz, like if they got that many people to sign this petition, yeah, like an average listener isn't signing the petition. Cause uh-huh. like Liz and I, I feel like would be an average listener. Mm-hmm. We're on a road. We're yeah. not going to like pull our phone out and type in like y- people have to like connect with the story and all that and have listened to it because like we listened to it and it's like a year and a half later too. Mm-hmm. listen to it during the time span of where that petition's relevant. Yeah. And then you have to convert them to actually go to change.org, fill out the information and sign the petition. And they got hundreds of thousands. I was like, this podcast has to have like I'm 3 you, million yeah. regular if I, listeners. If I had to make and a they're list. they're sponsored by like Walmart, Pepsi. No, dude. I'm like, they're bringing in so if, much if money. If I had yeah. to make a, like my list of like the things I would have wish I could have got it, like things I wish I could have got ahead of mm-hmm. 15 years ago, Bitcoin is on that list and true crime podcast because think about yeah. it. These cases are all public. You just got to go on, Google them, find them and then read them and like organize them. But like the concept is very genius and very simple. And I mean, they're so fun to listen to. So yeah, true crime podcast. Wish I would have got ahead of that one. Podcast in general. Just podcast. I, podcasts are crazy to me because I, I feel like we're breaking the fourth wall right now. I would never have expected podcasts to, I mean, they, I guess it's because they kind of took over radio, but I thought that media was really moving away from podcasts. And, and then it I, felt like all of a the sudden they yeah, just Yeah, I don't really understand. 
I think just enough really interesting podcasts got popular to like expand people's horizons to, oh, I like podcasts. Um, it became trendy too. And it became trendy, but like I did not expect the world to go ever go back to podcasts. Well, ever. also it makes it makes total sense that they that podcasts would become so big because our society now is so go 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 and don't spend don't waste a single second that you could be either learning or not even learning but just cramming things that amuse you or um entertain you just cramming entertainment yeah. that like now whenever people are in the car like why would i waste that time listening to music whenever i could cram entertainment or people, cram information well, yeah. or something else so like many that's, people that's do how that. people think now so it's, many it's, people use podcasts yeah. as a background thing i i can't really do i can't really focus i can do it as like a car like for me podcast like i can use it to replace radio because it's like what i would it's basically the radio without as many ads as far as like if I wanted to listen to a sports radio show, it's obviously not going to replace music for me. But as far as like, I never am usually the guy to like be sitting at home and be like, I'm going to throw on a podcast. Yeah. And no, I don't think I most don't people really, are like that. I do it like, uh, I don't know. It's like, replaced, there must be, there's enough people to watch these ones. That it's replaced <laughs> music at, um, like when I'm working out or running, a lot of times I'll throw a podcast. You do a on. podcast instead. I, yeah. when I'm working out, I, I still like to do music. That's, I was doing music when I first went to the gym. Um, I don't go to the gym anymore now. I just run. But then, like, what happened to the weight training? I'm supposed to do that once a week, but the um, dang dude, it depends on if I get the Tuesday run in. Like this week, I didn't get my run in yesterday because we had game night and we had to figure out something for dinner. And I got home at like four something, so I just didn't run. So I have to run today. I mean, you got home at night at like four something. I was like, huh? No, like I got off work. I left here Mm -hmm. late, like an hour late. Um, so I didn't have time to run yesterday, so I have to run today, which means I'm gonna push my weight training out. Dang. Because I have to, after my Thursday run, I need a day off for my long run. So there's no time for weight training. Doesn't matter. Um, but I was listening to just music when we went to the gym. Yeah. But now I'll listen to part of my take. Or I did listen to part of my take when I went to the gym. And then like on long runs, <laughs> I just take. pick. I try to pick a podcast that like the duration's about how long my run's going to be. Yeah. Because then it just like, I can just listen I to f- it and I'll like listen to the entire podcast episode mm-hmm. during my run. I've been doing the Harry Potter audiobook in the car off and on. I went, I breezed through the first four. I'm on book five right now. And I've, I've kind of hit like a stalls because like I went on vacation or I've had times where I wasn't driving for a while. Um, but I needed to get through that. Book. I've never been able to do audiobooks. It's I, only, I am not an audiobook guy. I'm only doing it because it's my favorite book series. I have Audible. And I've already read it. So I know. Subscription through, I mean, maybe I pay for it. I, I just know. canceled mine. I have mine. an Audible subscription and I'll sometimes listen to it during the work day if I'm doing like, thumbnails or like mind numb work then i can like throw that on and like listen to books that i'm interested in but i'm not gonna dedicate time to read but like if it's something that i'm trying to like actually i want to learn from this book i have to read it yeah i'm audio, the same way audio I'm, I'm too visual yeah and i'm not a fiction guy it's by any means i'm too visual to like yeah if i want to really absorb it i need to like look at it whenever gabby and i were driving back from south carolina i was like dedicated on like I want us to listen to an audiobook on the way back because I want someone to make like pass the drive or whatever. And I want to listen to Narnia. Mm. That's and a great one. That was what I wanted to listen to. But we looked it up and we, you either had to have like a subscription to listen to it or pay like $35. And I was like, Audible? <laughs> well, Odyssey, yeah, Audible is 16 a month and you get one credit a month. So I kept it long enough, seven months, to get each of the Harry Potter books. And I just canceled it because now I have them all downloaded in my mm. library. So I'm pretty sure now that I have them downloaded, I don't need the subscription anymore. That would make sense. Um, 
because I've essentially paid for them. But yeah, if you don't pay for the subscription, yeah, it's very expensive to buy them from yeah. Audible. I definitely have found myself in a place where, like, <laughs> and where, like, whenever I'm driving, I, I, want, I want more content. Because I, I, I love watching YouTube. I've always, my whole life, been a huge fan of YouTube. Obviously, now, I'm a little bit of a busier person, which, again, I hate. But, um, which, which means I don't have enough, as much time just to sit down and just watch YouTube videos. And I love sitting down and watching YouTube videos. So, I found myself, even in the car, whenever I leave for work, I take out my phone, click on YouTube, like just like on the first screen, first video that looks somewhat entertaining, click on it, and then just like put it in my cup holder and just listen to this YouTube video on the way to work. I'll just listen to YouTube videos. That's how I learned about um, Carlos Ghosn was uh, was a uh, the car channel I watched Donut. They um, had like an up to speed episode about it, and um, I it is it. I don't think it's good for me. I think that there are people. It can be. It, I'm not saying it's unhealthy for everyone. But I think for me, it's like, it's very much like I'm trying to have noise in my life, you know? And I don't think that that's healthy whenever you're just, you just need noise so that you don't sit silent, you know? Mm. I, th- I I went through a phase like last month where I forced myself to every day on the way to work, not listen to anything, not listen to music sometimes or, I, or anything. Sometimes and I, f- I felt like it was actually very good for me. Sometimes I feel like I need that. Like there are mornings where like I turn my car on and the radio's on and I'm like, ugh. Just get, get the, like, yeah. it's too loud, stop. And I just turn it off and I drive silently or I have to I, at least turn it down a lot. Yeah. I don't I, really, the morning times, I'm like not really in the mood to listen to anything. I think that on the unhealthy side of our um, of our society, and whenever I say this, I do not at all mean that podcasts are bad. Obviously, I don't think podcasts are bad. I love podcasts. It, obviously, the people listening don't think podcasts are bad. Um, or I don't think, I don't think that content entertainment, learning. I don't think any of that stuff is bad, but just like anything in your life, like it's not, it may not inherently be bad, but whenever you abuse it, it becomes bad. Um, and so I, I don't think that that necessarily is the case, but I think it is, I think that on the unhealthy side of our society, people don't spend enough time actually dealing with their emotions and dealing with processing like things that are going on in their life because they have so many opportunities just to, give themselves noise and, and very and, true and just give themselves white noise so they don't have to actually think very true very true very true facts um i this is off topic but also it was on topic like a half an hour ago when you <laughs> mentioned michelin it popped this into my head so you guys know the michelin star system for restaurants mm-hmm. you heard of that um nope. so in the restaurant industry the most heralded i thought michelin was tires well listen that too the okay. most heralded thing you can get as a restaurant is to be awarded a Michelin star. Okay. Um, like if you ever hear about a f- really, really nice fancy restaurant and they might brag that they have a Michelin star. Um, you can have up to three Michelin stars and a three Michelin star restaurant is like, I, there is only maybe a handful in the country. I think like very, very rare, no even just a one Michelin star restaurant. Like you're just not going to find that in, in your local, city. in your city. Yeah. In yeah. every city. Like it is very big deal. What I didn't know is that this restaurant award that is literally coveted because like each star you get just means that you're able to add price to your food because like mm-hmm. people, critics, people are going to go to these restaurants just because of the Michelin star. What I didn't realize is that system was invented by the Michelin Tire Company. No way. And it was originally invented. They made this system and they basically were saying like, 
their whole system, their whole idea behind it was if if you have one Michelin star or Michelin star, it's worth a stop on your way on your trip. If you have two, mm. it's worth a small detour. And if it if you have three Michelin stars, it's worth a whole separate trip just itself to go stop it. So wow. like there was kind of a tire That's spin genius. in it, but. Like I have known about the Michelin star system for years and, and I just assumed it was the same name. That's literally the tire company. And that led me to think, what kind of power do we possess? What award? We kind of did it with the grippy awards, but what can we do? We just got to do the same with this. Cause like uh, tires and restaurants had like almost nothing in common and they somehow foundation be- stars. If it has one foundation star and you're going to pass the course on your trip, play it. If it has two, take a little 10, 20 minute Yeah, decor. like I'm, If it has three, go out of your way. Book, book I, that's what I'm saying. Like I want, like I'm, I think like that must have just been the funniest thing when Michelin made that and then started realizing it was really catching on. And like they must laugh about it now when it is like such a big deal. Like it is literally so, so heralded. Like, since there, since it's a business behind it, not like a, like cause you would assume that's kind of like, like a foundation or something yeah. behind it where it's like. I don't know. That's just where I go when like awards and stuff. So I think it's it, like a, I don't think it's like a for-profit business behind it. Since it is a for-profit business, like could I write Michelin a $5 million check to become a three Michelin star restaurant? So as of, this is crazy. As of June, 2022 in the U S three Michelin star restaurants, there's only 13 of them in the whole country. Wow. There's 142, three Michelin star restaurants in the entire world. Um, how many one Michelin stars are there? Cause like, I feel like that'd be very common. Like a restaurant good enough that yeah. if you're passing it, stop in. Well, see that that is how they started the marketing of it. But like, I don't think there's a one. Like, I don't. There is 2,200 in the world. That's not that crazy. How many restaurants are in the world? Um, Just to get a percentage. I don't know. Wait, Just how many are that. in the world? 2,290 Michelin one there's star. There's 2,290 with a single star, 414 with two stars, and 113 according to this list with three stars. Wow. So in the entire world, that's very significant how many stars does mcdonald's have how many countries are in the world um 195 countries in the world dang so your average per country well how many you said the 114 90 divided by 190 there's 15 million restaurants pubs and cafes in the entire world as of 2014 (laughs) that's crazy so let's just use the 2014 data and there's how many total michelin star restaurants this doesn't say 2014. I know, but I'm, oh, 2014 total, is the most data I total have. Total would be like 2,500. 2,500 about. 2,500 divided by 15 million. That was 15,000. 2,500 <laughs> divided by 15 million. So <laughs> 0. 0.01% of restaurants wow. yeah. have a Michelin star. I wonder, I, I wonder know what the Michelin closest star. one to us is. A, I know yeah, one, yeah. two, or three. The first time I saw one in person that at least I knew was one was when I was in Vegas in the uh, one of the casinos. There was a one Michelin star restaurant there, and I was like... Just search Michelin star restaurant in Virginia. Yeah. Uh, Virginia. There's definitely got to be... I know D.C. has like 31 stars. Like they have quite a, a few. See, like that's what I'm what? saying. You're thinking you're thinking that DC where politics go down and Michelin, a public company, that that is not some... <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, there's not some uh, lobbying going on in there. Because there was a guy on TikTok A place I that's not even a state has 30 of them? Okay. Oh, I had heard of this one. Um, I think the, the inn at Little Washington in Washington, Virginia is like a three star or something. It's like really... Okay, here's the the Michelin guide. So this like has it's literally on their tire there. company website. Yeah, pretty that's incredible. crazy. That's it's just crazy. the Michelin man waving at you. Let me <laughs> like how did that guy decide this? 
I wonder I, well, who invented, he does look what like he likes was, food. What if it was Carlos Ghosn who invented the system? Okay, so... Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> that's how he was... That's how he, he was taking the money people were paying him to become three Michelin star <laughs> restaurants and putting it to his so, private jet. So in Virginia, there is nothing until you get up north. Yeah. Break. And then there is... You're telling me the Texas tea Inn's not a Michelin star restaurant? Oh, apparently there is a... <laughs> you can have a fourth, apparently. Who has four? I don't know if there is any. The the inn at Little Washington in Washington, USA. That'd be a, the key. That's a three star. That'd be the key. Uh, the first Michelin guide was compiled in 1900 by Michelin Tires founders, French industrialist brothers, Andre and Edouard Michelin. There is a... So not Carlos Ghosn. So, so the, I didn't realize Michelin's been around that long. Here, yeah, that's something we'd have to keep up. But a four Michelin star restaurant. If we start this foundation star thing, there's 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 no four stars. I was gonna say if we start this foundation star thing, we need to let everyone know it's a five star system and never give a five star course. I agree. Yeah. So the, then it's like the coveted fives because then so, you finally give one when like Maple Hill writes us like a ten million dollar check. I want to know what it costs. And <laughs> you finally give that five star, and they're like, oh. I want to know what go. the in it little I mean, Washington menu is because it's literally a like three oysters. Michelin star. No, I want to watch it cost. I mean, look at that. You go to their website. Like this is what the power Michelin has. You go to their website and the very first thing that you see is their three Michelin stars. The, the freaking tire company has taken this restaurant and just grabbed it in its hand. The power of Michelin. Don't tread on me. <laughs> Get it? Tread. <laughs> Don't. The restaurant. Let's see if I can find the menu. Like, there's no way you're ever going to see the prices on here. Like, no, it's one it's, of those restaurants. Even when you're no there, shot. you probably don't see the prices. Mm, it just says market price. No, it doesn't even say that. Oh, dang. Um, if you have to ask the price, they kick you out. If you have to ask the price, you can't afford it. You can reserve <laughs> um, tables in this one spot for $750 per table. See, not worth it. <laughs> there is no food on earth good enough for me to pay $750 <laughs> to take my wife it's, yeah. to it's dinner definitely... before I even pay for dinner. Yeah. I don't like food enough. How much does it cost to eat a little in Washington? Because here's the deal. Um, I would enjoy a pizza from Upper Crust just as much as I'd enjoy what I got there. You'd probably enjoy it more. Possibly. Actually, <laughs> knowing my taste palette, yeah, you're probably right. But it, read me some stuff on their menu. Because you can so see their menu. The Forbes you? Travel Guide for, offers a trio of four-course tasting menus, each costing $218. <sighs> That's not that cr- oh, oh, But you paid $750 to, see- to book there. So now you're looking at no, that was just that was the, the those are for the kitchen tables. That's where you literally get to sit and watch them cook. Oh, so, so like it's experience. like dinner and a show. Yeah. So if you get totally a four course, if it's a four course meal Can I for two hundred eighteen dollars, that's actually not that like that's a very expensive meal, obviously. But that's not but like that's not unfathomable. Yeah. Read me their menu. I don't even know their menu's. If it's I thought this you nice, just saw their menu. If it's this nice of a restaurant, though, their menu probably changes. Yeah, all but I thought you just saw it. Uh, this is so there. There's two different menus. This is the gastronaut and the good earth menu. They're, I would have the good earth. I think it's all vegetarian. I think it's all vegetarian. The gastronaut stuff. sounds like I'm going to the bathroom after. I think they're all <laughs> vegetarian. all beans. I think it's all vegetarian <laughs> good, food, though. <laughs> give me the good earth one. If it's all vegetarian, it's not worth it. There's nothing that's not meat that's that expensive. Thanks, straight baby. Unless Read it's me like, the good earth menu. Um, like truffles. Is it just like a truffle steak? Just a big old truffle. Hamachi crudo on golden beet pasta with melange of citrus and beef like, ta- beet tatar. Just use English. Beet tatar. Carpaccio beet tatar. of herb crusted Elysian Fields baby lamb loin. Oh, that's just lamb loin. Oh, okay. There Did we you go. say beef or beet? Beet. Okay. 
Okay. Um, and this one has Caesar salad ice cream. See, when I see stuff like that, I get excited. Why? <laughs> because like that's fascinating. Caesar salad ice cream, you say? Yeah. Now what? This is a chartreuse of Savoy cabbage and Maine lobster with caviar buer blanc. Here's the thing. I've never had caviar. Long Island you, duck breast with figs braised in Madeira. This is my take on expensive food. Like rabbit. This crap. If you pay that much, if you have to pay that much, mm-hmm. then... Hunter's about to make a take that does not relate to people who like food. That's fine. <laughs> if you go everybody. to a restaurant and, and you they have don't to have pay that tenders. much for crap like that, like a, you like it's, it's by nature. It's like when Payless did that LA. Uh, do you see this? Where Payless rebranded an LA store to do like a social experiment and made their Payless shoe brand be I forget what they called it, but it was just like they made all the price tags really high, made it feel like an exclusive experience, and people like. Thing. Sold sold like their off-brand shoes, mm. but for just like hundreds of dollars. Yeah, and everyone was raving about this new shoe store. And then Payless came out. I was like, "Gotcha, it's Payless." <laughs> like this is literally like you can buy this shoe that's for fifteen amazing. bucks. Can we do that? But that's what this crap is. They like put honey mustard. And they're like, now how can we make honey mustard fancier? And then they call it some fancy word that no one like. If you ask about it, it's because you're too dumb. And so like you aren't gonna ask about. It, you're just gonna pay fifty bucks for it. And if you say it's bad, it's because you have bad taste buds. So they're gonna kick you out. So you're gonna eat stuff that's gonna come. It's gonna be like 300 bucks for something that big on your plate. You're gonna take two bites and be like, that was the worst thing I put in my mouth. But everyone around me is also acting like they enjoy it. So it's like, mmm, my word. Darling, I'd pay 5,000 for that. <laughs> Props to the chef. Bring him out here. And he's like, no, you just, you're gonna go throw that up in the bathroom. That sucked. Go get a pizza down the street for 15 All bucks. Right, now Hunter's and you're done. Love it. All right, Hunter's done with his. I would agree with like you, but game. from him reading the ingredients, it was legitimately expensive ingredients. Sure, but like quality of ingredients is. It's, I mean, the there's a point. Things, of, there's some a of those point, things sounded delicious to me, and I'm not just. What being I'm saying like that. is, there's a point of diminishing returns. Well, that's yeah, what comes, of course, well, sure, of course, of course. It's the same with brands. Yeah, there, not, there's definitely there is definitely obviously a, a status. But associated. no one's gonna say that when they're eating there. Of course, that's not. what I'm saying. Of course, not. yeah, no, of course. Yeah. Not. So I'm just saying, don't get caught up in it. Well, it's like I, it's, I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not going. This wasn't for you. This is for the person at home that's like thinking about going next week and dropping a thousand dollars. If I was looking, your local pizza shop needs that thousand dollars way more than this freaking Michelin three star I was yeah, gonna go donate to your local pizza shop no go buy a thousand dollars worth oh. of pizza if I'm Don't gonna buy to them. if I'm gonna buy an expensive meal I'm I am looking I will say another thing that restaurants like this do provide is pretty amazing ambiance usually like there is an experience and the fact that it's four courses but if I'm gonna buy a really expensive meal I'm looking for like I might go to like a really nice steakhouse or something like that to where like there's a lot more like black and white with I know this cut of meat or whatever cost this much, yeah. but there yeah. yeah I, but I, also like know what you're ordering like you're ordering like a 14 ounce steak or something. If food and, like, like you know this I'm, is gonna fill me up. I'm pretty yeah. passionate. Like about if I food. paid 50 bucks and half my plate is covered and the other half just has this little like drizzle on it. Well, Hunter, this is a four course meal and, and it looked like quite a bit of it. Like I don't think it would. I don't think the, I, those restaurants do exist, but I will say a lot of the Michelin star restaurants that I have seen. They do very small portions, but they're like some of them are like twenty courses. You're, what I would like to see they hand since you like Michelin twenty different is a car company is like speak to the everyday man. Like give a like diner three Michelin star. Get all these fancy people in a diner. Let them taste what a diner burger's like, and then see if they walk out. I bet you they've got places like that on there, but they've got to be good still. Dude, we were freaking literally driving out of. I don't know that actually. We I don't were literally know driving out of the there. place in Virginia. There, I will say for the Michelin star, there are a lot of places that are not just your uptight snobby. They restaurant. get three star. I I haven't. I don't know about a three star, but like there's one where like the whole theme of the restaurant is like 
different kinds of cheese. Like they they go very broad. But like that could be very fancy. It, but I saw it. I saw the restaurant. Like it, it didn't it have a fancy appearance. It might have been. But um, we were literally driving out of the place that I was on vacation, like near Jamestown, and we see a billboard that said that the Virginia Diner. Yeah. It was on diners, drive-ins, and dives. Yeah. And have you been? No, I pass it on the way to the beach every every time. I gotta go. I was like, what the frick? I didn't know this see, was here. See, like diners, drive-ins, and dives, like that's a show I freaking respect. He goes into the nitty gritty and shows you where the good food's at. Well, but okay, but what but about? But that, that people, doesn't mean that people it's not, that are like there are people who work really hard to be chefs that go to use yeah. really high quality ingredients to make crazy people like, that are, dishes that are really fancy. You can't discredit them because it's not like they're just snobby people who are trying to take advantage of people. Some yeah. of them are actually Those, like work really really hard to get where they yeah. are. They're, they're, I think there that, are certain like people that are too educated in something. Hunter, yeah, are, I think it can be. There are, level of stock. Hunter, there like are Bobby people. Flay, Bobby Flay, incredible man. He's not going to serve me some piece of crap. He knows he's an American. You don't know he's what Bobby Flay meat. serves you. No, I'm they, walking to Bobby Flay. I'm going to say, I want chicken tenders. He goes, oh, I'm going to serve you the there best There are people like you, though, Hunter, <laughs> who like, you just want to eat like good food. To you, good food, which is a very small subject of things. But there are people who are passionate about food beyond that. Like they I've want, been in, I've been they in want the to see world. creativity. Yeah, I'm in the like, coffee world. Right. Right. There's a point of diminishing returns where like you're paying for coffee aged in a wine barrel so that it has like a little bit of wineness taste. I've paid 40 bucks for that pound of coffee. Guess what? The one I got for 15 bucks was just as good. There was no point. Like I paid 40 bucks. I got. Well, coffee is, Swiss, I would Swiss, say coffee is a bit more narrow than There's food. less ingredients. Oh, see, now that's a closed minded take there. <laughs> you think coffee is just as open as uh any food in the universe you can have any taste in coffee yeah mm, but not any texture yeah so you're no, still in well, texture yeah well, there sure. you go you just add in the texture yeah. and you've already got double I'm just the, saying, the like variety coffee, of food like i'm gonna exit yeah, this. i'm, I'm just gonna exit this it's conversation like the wine world. <laughs> i'm it's out like of it i'm the, out of it that's why i need you the wine I'm world <laughs> the wine world you would say is a very open crazy world right yeah, but you can't. But you still can't change. You still can't change it's texture, which is which is only half of food. <laughs> You're out of this conversation. 100, percent Connor, I agree with you. But I, you can use coffee to cook in food, and you, you can should, use wine yeah. to cook in food. They're, they're, they're I was just saying, like in the like coffee is the same thing. You can get once you get to a certain yes, level. I, I understand you know too much that then like you're able to charge people who don't know as much as you for stuff that's like pointless. I 100% agree with you, but that doesn't mean every fancy restaurant, every fancy food is a scam. You, I wouldn't say you, a scam. You can't, you can't blanket statement all fancy restaurants. No, he can. Because I can. For okay, me personally. Sorry. You shouldn't there blanket. Is no, there is no fancy restaurant that is worth the money to me. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. True statement. I agree with you. I it's do like not the think Brody, that you will enjoy It's like the experience. Brody conversation with fancy cars. Yeah. I view fancy restaurants the same way. Mm-hmm. I, you, you are completely right. There's no reason for you to go to a fancy restaurant because nah. you will not enjoy it as much. Nah. But I don't think that you should, I won't say can, I don't think you should discredit all fancy restaurants as being places that are too high up, are, are like uh, are taking advantage of the diminishing returns where it's not actually doing anything. Because there are ones that actually, it's because the chef has worked very, very hard and studied these foods very, very hard, has gone to and picked all the best fruits, best vegetables, best meats, from local places and beyond to find the absolute best ingredients and is now going to display it for you perfectly on a plate after years and years and years of research. That there is hard work involved there. You might not I never enjoy said it wasn't it. hard work. Yeah, yeah, that's but but you might not enjoy it, but there are ones that are real like what I was saying, real hard workers. And, and I then, never <coughs> said they weren't hard workers or discredited any of that. All I was saying was 
You mm. go to those restaurants. Well, you said they're going to put that crap on your plate and you're going to throw it up in the bathroom because you know it sucks, but everybody's just going to make you feel like there crap. Are certain, you know it there sucks. are certain yeah. foods that I think... That's what I I'm think saying. There you are certain foods. There are restaurants that will be like that, but they're yes. not all like that. Sure. Well, what I'm saying is people get caught up in the experience of what they're doing and yeah. that makes it taste... or Like if you get a trash pizza, but you're in a trash mm-hmm. New York pizzeria then it like makes sense to taste good. But then if you go to a fancy restaurant, they serve you that trash pizza, that trash pizza is going to taste like trash because it's trash pizza. That, that goes that, against that, Yeah, that goes against said. exactly yeah. what you just said. No, you because said, the you're saying you get caught up. The food you were just saying the food will taste better if you're in a fancy restaurant and then you basically just You said you'll pretend it. like the crappy food tastes good if you're in a fancy restaurant. <laughs> I mean, you just can't No, because it depends on the presentation, right? Like imagine you sit well, that's down in a fancy restaurant. that's a new fact No, that what? That, this you is all when you said it was crappy pizza, you didn't say it was because it was presented badly. If you're in a trash restaurant, a trashy pizzeria, mm-hmm. dirty, yeah. grimy, and they give you that pizza that's just like oil's dripping off it. You're, I'm you're, like you're, you're adding context to your that. argument. You're excited that. to eat that yeah. because the environment you're in, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. food delivered in that environment yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So your mind is ready to eat that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You take that exact same food. You don't change the presentation. Yeah. But now you go to a fancy restaurant. Right, you don't, yeah. and they give you that. Now that pizza tastes like crap. Yeah, because you're disappointed because you had expectations of getting fancy food at a fancy restaurant. Exactly. I, the fancy food at the fancy restaurant will taste good at the fancy restaurant. Taste better to you than if you take that. Which is I my think point, it meets your expectations. Then you take that fancy restaurant food, which isn't good. Same thing as trash pizza, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And you take that out of the fancy restaurant, eat it. That's what I'm saying. That's where it tastes like. That's crap. because you went to a pizza place and got served fancy food. What? No, like you, because like you, okay, you're going to be that, the food prepared down the street at the three star Michelin restaurant. Okay, brought to you in the trash pizzeria. Yeah, so it's the exact same food. Yeah, I'm upset because I went into a pizza place. I want pizza. Okay. Well, if y'all don't want to listen to the argument, that's fine. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, the, the, I don't think that has to do with... I'm saying the environment alters how something tastes. The environment definitely alters how something tastes. Yes. So at a trash pizzeria, that's a good thing for the trash pizzeria. Yeah. At a fancy restaurant, I'm saying that's a bad thing because it's making you pay more for something that doesn't taste as good because you think it's going to taste I agree with you. I don't think I understand the reasoning for the point. I think you're also discrediting... I don't think I understand. That was my whole point. I, I think, think you're discrediting too, though, that the atmosphere is part of the experience. Like the, when they're bringing it out and cutting it up and doing all these fans like that's part of like you pay for the show too sure so like I, I was just talking about the food it's like I would think I would think that a situation that proves your point Hunter that is one of those restaurants is Salt Bay's restaurant where yeah and people he, he goes out it. and he cuts it that's and he a great puts example. salt on it and they pay a ton of money for it but they pay for it they really pay for it for the show and the fact that that's salt a great example because food Salt is Bay is getting trashed because everyone's like this food sucks Bro, you yeah see, he was getting that's a great on. example because all it takes is like like it takes a celebrity to take the state statement yeah. of like this place sucks, and then everyone's mind changes on it. Did you uh, see him getting trashed on for getting on the field uh, to celebrate? Yeah, the World Cup and touching win? the World Cup win. <laughs> yeah, dude, you can't touch the World Cup. Man. That guy just like asserts himself everywhere. He's nuts, man. He's really made a heck of a career though out of a vine. Yeah, like good for him. Well, surely he had his career before the vine. Well, certainly not to the extent. I mean, he. I think he was. He probably may have owned a steakhouse, but yeah. he didn't have celebrities showing up to his steakhouse. No, he's he's definitely capitalized. That's on it. yeah, good for him, man. I don't think I'd like the guy, but good for him. <laughs> All right, that's enough. That's enough of that. I'm done for talking. our for our sound for our sound effect, we can do Hunter taking a bite out of one of those <laughs> meals at that three star restaurant. I'll go first. No. <laughs> Oh man, it's like eating a plastic bag. <laughs> I want to. I really want to take Hunter to a Michelin star restaurant. Me too. 
It would be a but very like entertaining one, video. I've seen ones. Talk about the it. tough part is I've like, seen ones where the whole menu is basically vegetables from their garden, and they bring you all these. Like that's the one I want to take. I've go. been to <laughs> I've been to very very nice restaurants, mm-hmm. and there have been multiple oh, times flex. where I like I sit down. I'm like, I'm not gonna eat. And like I've legit like I've just ordered a water and everyone else ate and I went and got pizza after. Well, you're a picky eater. I understand that. Well, because yeah. also a lot of times those menus only have like four items. Well, I'm yeah. also yeah. I I like look at them and a lot of times they're in French or something. And like if I don't understand something, I don't eat it. Mm. Like if you got to sit down and like explain yeah, it, it doesn't to me come on like the side. Is, he sends like, it back. That doesn't make. I'm not interested in that. That's fine. Now when I'm in other countries, sure, because you're. Like that's what you're there Whoa, for. Whoa, mm. good backpedal, good backpedal. Well, like in China, like in China, I couldn't read the Chinese on the menu, so yeah. like obviously you had to explain to me yeah. what. But then I find, oh, this is sweet and sour chicken. Yeah, give me that, please. If I see the language in another menu, I instantly get more excited. Or opposites. Here, like, I'll, I'll give you my. Be, um, it's probably going to be authentic. I'll give you. So like, I just ordered a five hundred dollar dinner. Mm-hmm. That was it. Is there more coming? Is this like, do I get free refills on this? Is this a buffet? Oh, frick. I mean, it was a good crouton. That was my, that was my example. Okay. Oh, it's your fault, man. You ordered the crouton. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, but it wasn't named crouton. It was a baguette <laughs> de la jean. <laughs> All right. This is me. This is me. This is me. This is me. Oh, this is actually a pretty good. Wait a second. Is there red meat in this? <laughs> you didn't give it four to six hours, man. Oh. No, it was, was instant because I actually poisoned it. Because <laughs> I just didn't like you. <laughs> I just don't like you. Oh, that's funny. All right, well, find a foundation star course near you. But these won't be pretentious because you don't have to pay to play disc golf. Yeah. Keep it free, baby. <laughs> Keep it free, baby. Slow the sport. 